0: Do your lower leg swing when you post? Do you feel out of balance? Is your posting trot full of double bounces? Or does it seem to be a lot of work? Maybe you're just looking to see where you can improve your posting trot. Today's detailed overview of the posting trot using movement principles and biomechanics for ideal function may give you answers to help you improve. Welcome to my podcast, I'm Suzanne Stefano. I help riders change their movement habits so they can develop a seat that communicates clearly with their horse. For the posting trot, when I think of the rider, I like to investigate and explain the rider and also the horse in their movements using Feldenkrais movement principles. In addition to understanding biomechanics, classical horsemanship, and typical riding instruction, I like to consider movement principles and strategies that I learned in my training and experience as a Feldenkrais practitioner to bring more detailed clarity to function. So for the posting trot, a couple of the principles I consider are finding support from the surface you're on and having equal and opposite actions or counterbalance. We'll look into, look at the movement principles in more detail as it relates to the posting trot as I go through this bo- podcast. But first, overall, when most people think of posting trot, they think of an up and down motion. It's not up and down, but it's more of a forward up and a back and down movement. Think of it, if you were only going up and down with the horse moving forward, there's no opportunity to remain with the motion of the horse. If you think, think of landing towards the front of the saddle when coming back to the saddle, you're minimizing the back, so you are doing better at staying up with the movement of the horse than if you touch down nearer the cantle. There's less need to catch up again on the rise. This forward-back motion keeps you closer to the horse and provides the very efficient movement of remaining up with the horse's movement. It's also key for tempo and speed control. This lower profile posting helps to maintain a quiet hand. The less up down movement of of the rider there's less need to open the elbows to keep the hands still. Because you're moving you need to think dynamically. Too often I see riders that push their stirrups into their stirrups in order to get their heels down Their foot comes in front of them, no longer supporting the rest of their body. And that relates to a Feldenkrais movement principle. The structures below support the structures above. So instead, I like to think of allowing gravity to work to develop the leg position with attention to ideal alignment of the horse rider spine. So the leg hangs and the foot, instead of being pushed into the stirrup, any weight from above gets transferred downward through the leg. Even so, your foot only rests in the stirrup and when you come forward up, there should be no additional or minimally added weight on the rise into the stirrups. For example, for myself, I can test myself while I'm posting the trot by actually tapping my forefoot in the stirrups. It's actually fairly effortless. If you are capable of finding the angle of your torso that allows you to use the push from the horse, to go forward up, and if you even out the muscular tone throughout yourself, finding support from the surface you're on, those are both Feldenkrais principles. In other words, use your thighs to support in the post forward up. That allows you to minimize the weight in your stirrups. And again, because your position ideally is more towards standing, it should be a fairly simple action as opposed to the idea of sitting to standing. That's a much bigger movement. Think of it as going from a soft squatting position to just the beginning of an even softer squat, not quite standing. But you need to commit to do it to a detailed study and exploration of your own movements to achieve this. It's a process, and understanding the goal is the first step of that process. I certainly didn't learn to post with minimal weight in my stirrups as simply a, a quick fix. So the horse is what pushes you up and forward out of the saddle. You just add the intention. If the angle of your torso is such that it's easy for the horse to help you rise, that's an important step. Often I see riders trying to lead with their pelvis, with their shoulders over their pelvis, and that requires extra effort for the rise. Then the rider ends up going very much up because they have to put out a lot of muscular effort in order to get out of the saddle. So there's an ideal angle of your upper body forward that makes the rise effortless because the horse's movement provides the force. One exercise I do is to have the rider very slowly open and close their hip angle a little bit more, a little bit less, and explore and sense for themselves where that ideal angle is, and when you get a sense that the... That the horse pushes you up with the least amount of effort and that includes weighting the knee and, and the heels. So you explore the sensations with the weight in your knee and the weight in your heels a little bit in the knee a little bit in the heels. Very subtle shifts, shifts between the two define what brings ease to your movement. Also you want to land to the front of the saddle in your post. The horse is moving forward, and if it wasn't for friction and gravity, the horse would disappear from underneath you. So that idea of landing towards the front of the saddle helps you stay up with the movement of the horse and keeps you closer to the horse. If you end up landing farther back towards the cantle, you're getting behind the motion of the horse because you're going much more back as the horse travels forward. It becomes a little harder to come back up in that you have to catch up with the movement of the horse from the back of the saddle. And if it's combined with the shoulders traveling too much with the pelvis, the posting trot becomes too much effort. And many riders don't understand how much effort is involved until they find the more ideal functioning of of their body for the posting trot. Now let's talk about equal and opposite action. Again, a Feldenkrais movement principle as it relates to the posting trot. So you're going up and forward with your torso. Other parts of you then need to go down and back. So the weight in the knee and the weight in your heels as your torso leans a bit forward. So as a counterweight, you need the weight down into your knees so your knees go forward, also, it's down in the knees and your knees also go forward. That's the forward down and your heels are back and down to counteract the, the action of the tor- your torso going forward up. Another equal and opposite action are your seat bones coming back and down even in the posting trot. You can use that back and down with the seat bones lengthening your spine. To stabilize you. Even though you're moving there's a sense of a counterbalance, a counteraction that happens through your seat bones to drop your center of gravity improving stability. It's what you find to prevent you from toppling forward when the horse suddenly slows or stops. And it's also an action that replaces your reins. So instead of the horse just dis- dislodging your seat and shoulders, Having causing you to pull on the reins. That back and down action with your seat bones is, a very, is very important for communicating through the reins. You can still have that control with the movement of the posting trot. In other words, the control through your seat bones connecting to the reins even though you're moving in the posting trot. Then there's the importance of your spinal alignment. If you arch your upper or lower back, and you can do one or the other or both. Many times at the top of the post, especially if the upper back is arched, the rider ends up having a very slight action backwards as they come more over their knee in the rise. In a sense, their hip comes forward and their shoulders come a little bit behind their pelvis. Then the shoulders are not being supported by the the pelvis and spine and there's a slight or even a significant falling backwards of the upper body at the top of the rise. If you round your spine or arch your spine, you lose the support of your torso to bring greater ease to the function of your arms. Rounding your back ends up overworking your upper back muscles because those muscles are lengthened, but they also have to contract to prevent you from falling forward. And that's a lot of effort. Often, riders that are too rounded collapse their spines even more as they touch the saddle in the posting trot. This makes posting more difficult because they do not have clear access to folding in the hips for the ideal posting action. Another thing for the forward up, back, and down, that Forward up, back down, and the posting trot is a G- achieved with the idea of a subtle sense of rolling on your thighs. And that's where you're what you're really using the felt, and again a Feldenkrais pr- principle of finding support from the surface you're on. And now let's talk about some of the faults people have in the posting trot and what you can do about it. A lot of times instead of standing onto their feet, riders push into the stirrups to initiate the rise and that creates swinging of the lower legs. Also, riders will lead with their pelvis on the up and take their shoulder back back with their pelvis on the down so there's no omitable fold in the hip on the up or the down and this requires more effort on the part of the rider. It creates a rider that will at the very least land a little too heavily on the down when they touch the saddle or even create a double bounce. Holding or excess tension in the shoulders impacts the quality of the posting trot. If you raise your shoulders, that causes your center of gravity to rise, making balance more of a challenge. Tension in the shoulders also becomes global, increasing tension throughout the rest of you. There often seems to be a connection between the tension in the ankle and the tension in the shoulders. Often by releasing the shoulder, the leg improves, releasing the tension in the ankle, allowing the weight to go into the heels. A lot of riders are not aware of how much tension they hold in their shoulders, so they have no idea what to do in order to relax. Often, I'll instruct them to allow their elbows to weight or feel heavy. This seems to improve clarity, allowing them to release that tension in their shoulders. Now what can you do about some of these difficulties in the posting trot? I believe one of the best overall movements to explore and develop is getting good at standing in your stirrups. So coming up to stand so your hip angle completely opens and you'll be over the pommel of the saddle. In order to do it in an effortless way, it needs to be done in one action where you incline your shoulders forward Finding that ideal angle of your torso so you can transfer the weight down your leg and down your knee and ultimately down into your heel to maintain not just and maintain it not just at the halt but at the walk and the trot. Care must be taken that the leg remains in this alignment as the rider comes back to the saddle. It's also an excellent way, the standing in the stirrups, to develop a two-point position. The rider needs to be clear about folding in the hip and not rounding in the back or coming too much back with the shoulders. To help with those difficulties, place the hands on the horse's mane midway up the neck and keep them there as the rider comes to stand and then back down. There should be a good reach of the hands to have the rider clearly lead with the belt pelvis backward so the hip folds and the back remains long. And here's a few more uh, thoughts on the posting trot. You can post in a way to help slow your horse down. If by rolling forward on your thigh, dropping your knee a little forward down on the rise, that really helps you keep close to your horse and very much helps you land to the front of the saddle, keeping you up with the movement. And it also, um, and also by staying a little longer on the touchdown into the saddle, all those actions together help slow the horse. So there's your some of the clues for a good tempo control. Now a few words on symmetry, equal use of both legs. Um, so some riders may post off one leg and land more, or land more on one seat bone or possibly even twist or drift a little bit off-center in the posting motion. And typically there's a so-called weak leg that the rider has less awareness and control of. Trying to get that leg to match the so-called good leg is difficult. One way to build awareness and clarity, have the good leg, the the one that the rider feels uh, functions better, Have that good leg function more like the so-called weak leg. And you may gain insight into the function of even that so-called weak leg. Um, Often riders find the weak leg takes on some of the better attributes when you use that strategy um, of the, the attributes of the good leg when you try that strategy. However, there's many sources of asymmetry in the rider and that's a podcast for another day. Now, you need to consider the biomechanics of the horse in this equation. If the horse is unbalanced on the forehand, the hind legs are not flexing, the force from the hind legs takes the horse's pelvis more vertical, creating, let's say, a bouncing butt. So the trot becomes very bouncy. And you'll find it hard not to grip with your legs as the horse excessively catapults you out of the saddle. So a well-balanced horse is important to help the rider function well. That's it for today. I hope you learned a little bit. If this topic or any of the other topics in these podcasts piqued your curiosity and you need to learn more, please subscribe to my channel. You can also contact me at info at to sign up for my newsletter. Visit my website, www.feldenkraisinspired.com. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening, and until next time, enjoy your time with your horse.